The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. This is the Business Locker Room Show with Kelly Riggs. In business, you have to play to win. You need an edge. You'll find that edge in the business locker room. Hey, business is like sports, and I want to bring the locker room to the boardroom. Giving you the playbook and the coaching you need to improve your business performance. With compelling interviews, cutting-edge business tactics and ideas, and the X's and O's segment with Miles Austin. I welcome in my good friend, Miles Austin. Welcome to the business locker room. Now, here is your host, Kelly Riggs. Hey, hello everyone. You are in the business locker room and you are listening to Biz Locker Radio. Great to have you on board. This is the business radio show with compelling conversations and useful content that you can use today. And today will be no exception. I guarantee you that. Our guests are a, a virtual who's who of experts in sales, marketing, social media, business strategy, leadership, and much, much more. Listen, if you're looking to improve your business performance from any number of perspectives, you're definitely in the right place. Whether you own a business, sell a product, manage a team, lead a company, this is definitely the show you want to listen to. Hey, do what I do. Find us on iTunes and subscribe to the iTunes podcast. Of course, we are live 3 o'clock Central Standard Time on Mondays, but just shortly after the show, you can find it as a podcast on the Business Locker Room website, which is bizlockerroom.com. Or you can find it on iTunes or Stitcher. We always download it on iTunes. We listen to it on the way uh, to back and forth to work and encourage people to do the same. There's just way too much content to just get it all in one sitting. So I want to encourage you to grab it there. Hey, I'm your host. I'm Kelly Riggs. And I want to thank you for joining me. You can find me online at Kelly Riggs is my Twitter handle. Always send me an email, kelly at bizlockerroom.com. And uh, we have got a great show in front today. A lot of things to talk about. Later in the show, by the way, as we almost always do, Miles Austin, my good friend, will join me from Seattle, Washington, and we will uh, talk X's and O's here in the business locker room. And we're going to look at a product called Boom Bar. And this this thing is some kind of uh, crazy, and I'm excited to talk to Miles about it, what it does. Uh, technology just never, never ceases to amaze me. Well, this is show number 57 of Biz Locker Radio, and I have uh, enjoyed each and every one of them. This one is just going to be fantastic. It is the art and science of social selling with my friend on the other side of the world. He is Tony Hughes, and Tony is uh, hes just a remarkable guy in a lot of ways. Just recently, just this month, he was ranked as the number one influencer for professional selling in the Asia-Pacific area by Top Sales Magazine. He's one of the top 50 sales influencers worldwide the only one listed by Top Sales Magazine in the Asia-Pacific. He is also ranked as the top 100 social sellers globally by an independent analyst. He has just got a remarkable resume, including a a bestseller uh, that's in its sixth printing, a number of different things that he has done across the country, or across the world, rather, and he, he is an expert in converting 
social selling strategies into business revenue. He's also an entertaining keynote speaker, sales leadership consultant. And by the way, his blog, which is on LinkedIn now, we'll talk a little bit about that, is one of the most read blogs on LinkedIn. Tony, such a pleasure to have you on board. Thanks for joining me. Hey, Kelly. Thanks for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. I think the last time we spoke on the show was back in March. Yes, it has been some time since we got together, and, and I've been looking forward to this because we had you on briefly back in March, and we want to talk a, a lot more about uh, what you're doing. And for those of you who are listening for the first time or have never heard of Tony, he is calling in from Australia. So it's tomorrow in Australia. It's actually, what, Tony, 8 o'clock in the morning there? Yeah, it is. You made me get up very early this morning. It's kind of timely that you've got an Aussie on the show with uh, Matthew Delavadova and Andrew Bogut um, in the NBA playoffs at the moment. I think that's going down to the wire. The next game's tomorrow, yeah? Yes, dramatic uh, game number six. And, uh, of course, uh, the, the Cavaliers trailing by game now, so they've got their work to do. Well, let's talk about the work that you do because it's spectacular. Give us just a brief overview, Tony, of who you are. Kind of give us that uh, Cliff Notes version of Tony Hughes. Yeah, so uh, I actually lived in the States when I was 25. I'm, uh, I'm 52 now, so that was a long while ago. But uh, I went to the States and started my own business. I lived out of L.A. for a couple of years. And I learned a big lesson in business when I went to the States, and that's that if you can't personally sell and market, you're just nowhere in business. And when I moved back to Australia, I decided uh, to go and pursue a sales career to, to really develop that skill and I, I fell in love with saying uh, with sales, and I've stayed in the profession basically for the whole of my life. Uh, I've won President's Council. I've always been in the top 1% with most companies or 5% at worst. And uh, I progressed into management to the point where the last 12 years of my corporate career, I was uh, running this region for uh, global multinationals, uh, American companies such as Sugar CRM and uh, Canadian companies such as OpenText. Um, and, you know, what, what I did in leading sales teams and working in the trenches for, for three decades is I got a really good sense of what works and what doesn't work and, and came up with a framework for selling successfully for big, complex enterprise kind of deals. Hey, if you're just jumping in and joining us, my guest today is Tony Hughes, and you can find him online at rsvpselling.com. That is also his Twitter handle, at rsvpselling. Let me tell you what I like about Tony. In fact, what I have deep admiration for Tony is he's not a guy who got into social selling because of the social side and spends all his time in front of a computer. This is a guy who's been selling for 30 years. He knows how it's done in the trenches. He's done it the old way and the new way. Wrote a fantastic book called The Joshua Printing. But now he has mastered both the art and the science of social selling and has vaulted himself to the top of influencers in the world because of it. So, Tony, the first question I want to ask you is, I think I have a sense, but I want to get your perspective. How has selling changed in the last decade? Well, in many ways, selling has, has completely changed, but the timeless principles of being successful in selling have not. So, you know, one of the things I say to people is they consider using technology and social platforms uh, to connect with people and accelerate their sales results and improve their reach is to remember that all of the rules of selling in the, in the physical world also apply online. But, but the reason selling has changed so much is because buyers have changed the way that they're buying. Um, and if you look at the simple business-to-consumer market, we'll talk about business-to-business in a moment, but 
if you look at most people in, in, in the consumer world, there'll be some kind of a trigger event that, that happens in their life. They'll consider change, and then the first thing they do is they go and look online rather than go and talk to a salesperson, walk into a, you know, if it was a car, a car dealer. Um, and they, they basically do their research, and, and, and what they trust is they trust the current customers of, of potential solutions they're going to buy, and they do their research. They actually look for problems more so than the features and benefits of something to get a really strong sense of which way that they should go, and they'll, they'll tend to, de to develop an emotional favorite before they ever engage with salespeople. And the reality for salespeople today is that that's quite a, a sales disempowering situation to be in. Um, when, the, when you get contact with the person, they've kind of made up their mind, and it's, you know, it's your deal to lose. And the reality in B2B selling is that um, business buyers are far more sophisticated. 70% of business buyers or decision makers will go online and research the selling organization and the selling individuals before they take meetings. So uh, it's really important to, to uh, have a very positive presence online so that when they look at you, they see the right thing. Well, and the interesting thing about that, Tony, is is although they're doing much more research and have much more awareness, it does not negate the need for a salesperson to be involved in that whole process. It's just we're much more accelerated into the process before we make that first contact, yes? Yeah, that, that's very true. You know, one of the things that I say to my clients is that the way we sell is actually far more important than what we sell. And the reason that's so true is that in the eyes of the buyer, most people's, what they regard as being a unique solution is, is really something the buyer in their mind could get from any number of sources. So people buy from those they like and trust. It's important that we start that process for people online and that when they look at our profile, they don't see Porsche driving quota-crushing sales rep. What they need to see is someone of insight and really good values that can help them in their business. Tony Hughes is my guest. He's calling in from Australia, where it is already tomorrow. Tony, 20 years ago, well, let's, let's make it a dozen years ago. A dozen years ago, branding was all pretty much oriented around companies. Identities were associated with companies. One of the things that social and digital has done is made personal branding incredibly important, and you've really capitalized on that. What's been your strategy for generating the results that you've achieved in the last several months? Yeah, and, and just before I answer that question, let me, let me say that um, you know, personal brand is incredibly important. And for those in B2B selling, to, traditionally we've relied on the marketing department to really do that, you know, that, that branding and marketing and all of those activities that fill the funnel and, and get us leads off a website. The reality today in my view, and I've got a really strong view about this and it's relatively controversial, is that I believe that salespeople need to be content creators. They need to become micro-marketers, they need to build and promote their own brand because people buy from those they like and trust. That's really the first thing and then they'll follow the company that's behind them and the solution that they actually offer. So, you know, the, the, the first thing I'd say to people is that when you start to consider this, you need to have a strategy before you jump into activity. Um, the thing that I think everybody understands about social is that it can just soak up all of your time. It's it is so easy just to spend hours and hours in social and not actually be effective. Social can absolutely monetize, um, but, but you need a strategy. So 
in, in my case, the main reason that I decided to get very active in social in November last year, I've, I've been going uh, hard in social for seven months and have achieved phenomenal results in, those time, in that time that's monetized well. Um, the, the, the reason I'm in there is I'm uh, looking for a book publishing deal for the next two books that I'm writing and publishing, like many other industries in the world, has been absolutely hammered uh, and, is, and is changing for the worse for the publishers. So publishers are not interested in an author unless you can also bring them audience platform. So, so for me, what I did is I thought, well, I, I need some kind of unique IP. So all of us in selling need some kind of relatively unique promise of value. Um, so rather than talking about product features and functions and pretending we have solutions, we need a unique promise of value for people and I developed, I guess, two really good pieces of IP. One was my RSVP strategic selling framework, which was the subject of that book, The Joshua Principle. I've had mm -hmm. that for quite a while. And then the other piece was uh, strategic social selling, where I've come up with these five pillars. So, so you need some unique IP, and then you need to get busy publishing. And the really important thing with a publishing strategy is to go where your market is. So for me, everybody I'd ever want to reach in the world is really in LinkedIn, uh, there's more than 350 million people in LinkedIn. LinkedIn very generously offer an incredible, uh, an incredible publishing platform that you can use for free, and it gives you the ability to, to publish insights and high-value content that really does two things. It, it, it attracts people to you, so content marketing can attract customers and an audience, but the other thing that content publishing does is it evidences the business value that you offer as well as the values by which you operate. So buyers these days, when they go online and do their research, are looking for social proof that you're a person worthy of their trust and them investing your time. Um, really important thing to consider. Sure. Our show today, number 57, by the way, episode number 57 is The Art and Science of Social Selling. My very special guest from Australia is Tony Hughes. You can find him online at RS. VP selling. We're going to come back on the other side of our first break and we're going to talk about Tony's strategic selling methodology, how he created it, how he used it. And we'll get into a couple of the framework pillars of strategic social selling. You don't want to go away. Stay with us. We'll be right back. You're listening to BizLocker Radio. I'm Kelly Riggs. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Kelly Riggs is an author, a highly acclaimed speaker, and a business performance coach for companies and executives across the country. Now in his eighth year as founder and president of VMAX Performance Group, Kelly has written two books, One-on-One -on -one Management, What Every Great Manager Knows That You Don't, and Quit Whining and Start Selling, a step-by-step -step guide to a Hall of Fame career in sales. Both are available on Amazon.com. Is it time to put Kelly to work for you? For more information on training or consulting in sales, leadership development, or strategic planning, visit VMAXPG.com. That's VMAXPG.com. Hi, this is Kelly Riggs, the host of BizLocker Radio. How do you take a company from zero to $100 million in sales revenue in only seven years? Learn how in the brand new book by Mark Roberge, The Sales Acceleration Formula. As the chief revenue officer for HubSpot, Mark Roberge hired, trained, and managed a sales team to create over 12,000 new clients in 70 countries. Now in his brand new book, The Sales Acceleration Formula, 
He shares the art and science of building predictable sales revenue from the ground up. Learn how this MIT-trained engineer put data and technology at the foundation of his sales methodology to grow from zero to $100 million in sales in only seven years. The Sales Acceleration Formula will teach you how to predictably hire and train salespeople and scale your sales revenue. Pre-order the Sales Acceleration Formula by Mark Roberge at Amazon.com today. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Hi, this is Jeff Shore, author of Be Bold and Win the Sale. More great business ideas straight ahead in the business locker room. Hey, welcome back. This is Biz Locker Radio. It's presented by the Business Locker Room. And I'm Kelly Riggs, your host. Great to have you. By the way, much more information about the show, links to our guests, past shows, interview excerpts, much, much more at bizlockerradio.com. Or you can just go to bizlockerroom.com. Either way, you will find us. My guest today, Tony Hughes, and we're talking about social selling. Tony, before we went to the break, you you said something that I want to pursue. You said that uh, one of the things that you're doing is considered to be somewhat controversial, when you talk about salespeople need to be micro marketers, why why is that controversial? Well, I I actually work with a whole bunch of CEOs, and um, the truth is that the business owners and senior executives in companies are are terrified, and they worry about salespeople leaving their company and taking customers with them. They don't want salespeople building a strong personal brand around that individual salesperson. What they want salespeople to do is to amplify the brand of the company and promote the brand of the company. Now, I actually understand that level of fear, um, but the reality is, is people just need, need to get over it and recognize that, that customers buy from those they like and trust. Um, everything on social really needs to be a human interaction, not machine interactions. It's all about people. Um, and they need to support their people in building that personal brand. So they're seen as people of insight that can get meetings at more senior levels um, this, this, this is a pretty terrifying concept, and there's plenty of people that are out there saying, saying this as well as me. I believe that at least 30%, maybe as high as 40% of B2B, business-to-business field salespeople in the next five to 10 years will be gone. They will not have jobs, and the reason they won't is they won't be able to, to fund their existence by creating the value in the field. One of the things the internet's done is it's made it so much easier for salespeople, sorry, for buyers to run this reverse auction process and just commoditize what people have, you know, once regarded as high value solutions. The, the problem of commoditization is just absolutely relentless. So salespeople have got to elevate, you know, the conversations that they're having. They've, they've got to get uh, engaged earlier in the sales process with more senior people and stakeholders to, to, to fund their existence. If they're just providing information and what they're doing is passive, there's not going to be the margins to fund them. Yeah, that's, that's an interesting perspective. But what you're describing, obviously, is, is a problem that's been around as long as I've been in sales, and that's the salesperson who is very successful, builds great relationships in the field, and then one day walks in and tells the business owner or the CEO, hey, I'm going across the street or I'm going to start my own company. And what you're suggesting is that that, that fear is magnified now that, that they have such a platform on social media. Yeah, 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 look, it is, and I, and I help companies manage that risk. So 
for example, one of my clients I'm working with at the moment, we're building the personal brand of one of the two owners, the co-CEO of the business. And what the salespeople are doing in social is they're amplifying his content. So, you know, we're recognizing that we need to build personal brands as well as company brands to, to, to really attract leads in the marketplace and engage well. And we're getting the salespeople to build their strategies around what he's doing as the thought leader. So there's definitely strong ways of approaching this, but... Um, you know, sales and marketing has always been disconnected. You know, marketing departments have always been frustrated that they, they throw leads over the wall to salespeople and they don't think they follow them up well enough. And salespeople have always been frustrated that they, they don't think the leads are really any good and that marketing is not on the hook and accountable for actually delivering qualified leads. And if, if you look at that book that was published by Brent, Ad, Brent Adamson and Matt Dixon, The Challenger Sale, it's a brilliant book. That book is a wonderful book that every organization should embrace for the reason that it, it, it's a framework for sales and marketing to work together to earn much better qualifications with senior people to build pipeline. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Well, let's jump into the main course and let's talk about your strategic selling methodology. Tell us how you created it. Yeah, so, so what actually happened was uh, about 10 years ago, I was um, managing a, a global software company in the Asia-Pacific region, working with the sales team, and, and like every company that I've gone into, they all have a particular sales methodology that they use, whether it's Miller-Hyman Blue Sheets or Target Accounts Selling, uh, Jacob's Battle Plan, um, everyone's got at least one methodology, maybe more, and the problem is people don't use it, and the reason salespeople tend not to you know, it's just that they're incredibly busy. Um, so, you, you know, can stand over people and get them to do strategic planning. You turn your back and they just stop in a heartbeat. And what I did is I thought, how do you distill all of this complexity down to something that's simple and intuitive to manage with people? And the conclusion I came to was, was that there's really four key elements that we've got to cover if we want to win big strategic enterprise kind, kinds of deals. And the first thing is really relationships, and that's the R in RSVP. So most salespeople are busy building relationships at the wrong level. Um, you know, they're just selling too low in the organization. Um, so the first thing was relationships. If we've got senior relationships with people of real power, and then the next thing was strategy. Do we have a strategy for managing those relationships, for targeting the, the entry point? And then the other piece of strategy was, do we have a strategy for dealing with the competition? And the, the, the view I formed is that the number one competitor that we've got to obsess about is the competitor of do nothing. In complex enterprise B2B selling, when deals get lost, uh, usually they're lost to apathy, to the status quo, with the client just not actually making the change and going ahead or delaying. So uh, the whole thing is have a strategy for dealing with apathy, which leads you to the V in RSVP, which is value creation. What I observed and saw was that most salespeople are busy trying to project a value proposition rather than understanding how the customer defines value. Because the reality is in sales is one of the problems in selling is that we get delegated down to people that we sound like. So the moment a salesperson tries to enter an account at a senior level but they start talking about product or features or functions or technology, they'll get delegated down to people in the organization that the CEO thinks evaluates those kinds of things. So what we need to do is to understand that the language of leaders is delivering outcomes, managing risk, and its numbers rather than words. So rather than trying to persuade people, we need to focus on business case. 
So that was kind of the V in the RSVP piece. And, mm-hmm. and then the last one was actually process alignment. What I found is that the reason so many salespeople miss their forecast, which is a massive point of frustration for every sales manager and CEO on the face of the planet, is they just don't trust that data that's in the CRM and they don't trust the dates, is that the, the, the salesperson does not understand the customer's timing, evaluation, and selection process, and they tend to forecast based on, on hope and based on their end of quarter rather on when the, the, the actual customer needs to be live, realizing the benefits of, of what the seller is going to provide them and then work backwards to come up with a date that's been jointly agreed. So I encourage salespeople to almost act like a project manager and talk about the fact they care about being able to deliver and let's see why these dates matter to you, you the customer and your organization. So those four elements of you know, the right relationships, have a strategy, create value as they define it and understand their process, you can have that conversation you know, on the back of a napkin in, in, a, in a coffee shop or on a whiteboard in a boardroom or in a big complex account plan, but they're really the four pieces you've got to cover. And I've helped clients win contracts as big as $100 million using that simple framework. And when I got involved in one of the last contracts that was over $100 million, uh, my client was coming a distant second at, at the time. So I've used that to win hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars of business, and it's low overhead is really, is really the benefit. Yeah, listen, if, if you're paying attention, if you're listening, this, the stuff that Tony is giving us right now is worth so much money. RSVP, Relationship Strategy Value Creation Process Alignment, is, is unbelievably on point. You need to find his book, The Joshua Principle. It's, it's a stellar read, actually very, very easy to read. And, you know, maybe you were looking for bells and whistles or some kind of magic dust. This is where the real money is. And you don't close a $100 million contracts unless you have your act together. Clearly, Tony does. Clearly, more recently, uh, you've gotten into strategic social selling. And uh, there's five pillars to that. Before we go into our uh, second break, give us uh, just a quick look at those five pillars of social selling. Now, if if you're listening, you want to look at this as as being an extension of RSVP, not something that's replaced it or different. And it certainly has its value. Tony, tell us about that. Yeah, so um, I actually got serious about social selling back in November last year. Um, and the term social selling really is a misnomer. None of us really sell in social. So the, the way I define social selling is this. It's the strategy and the process of building quality networks online that accelerate the speed of business and the efficiency of selling. Um, and the way that I say people should really achieve that is with human engagement through social listening, these are the five pillars, is social listening, social publishing, social research, social engagement, and social collaboration. And three of those five apply in the business-to-consumer world, and all five of those apply in the business-to-business world. Yeah, we want to talk a little bit about social listening and social publishing. Again, if you're getting started a little bit late with us, uh, just to give you some sense of Tony's background, not only has he been very successful as a field salesperson and as an executive sales manager, he has uh, very successfully made the transition into the consulting world and teaching other people how to do exactly what he does. To me, that's that's the mark of the top level in, in any profession, when you can teach other people to do what you do. And uh, he has uh, developed this social selling methodology, and he's been working it for seven months 
and produced astronomical results. Right before we go to break, Tony, kind of review the results that you've created over seven months. Yeah, so when I started seven months ago, I had uh, 1,400 uh, people following me in, in LinkedIn. I've, uh, I'm now at about 8,500. Um, I managed to get myself r- rated in the top 100 social sellers on the planet, uh, the number one sales influencer in, a- in Asia Pacific, top 50 in the world. Um, I now have business coming to me. So what's happening is people are contacting me and asking, man, we've been reading your, your stuff and your blog post in LinkedIn. Are you available to be a keynote speaker at our conference and what do you charge? And that's very, very different than before I got active in social where I was basically involved in a, in a, in a beauty pageant trying to convince people that, uh, that I was worthy of their consideration. So it's completely transformed uh, the way that I engage in the marketplace and it's got people coming to me. I'm now writing for uh, three different magazines and a whole lot of websites as well. So uh, it's really attraction-based content marketing that, that, that brings the world to you and, and uh, when you turn up and start talking to people, you don't have to establish your credentials with them. You turn up and that's already done. So then you get to focus on them and their problems, which is very transformative uh, when you're trying to sell to somebody and do business. Hey, this is BizLocker Radio. I'm Kelly Riggs. Stay with us because on the other side of the break, we're going to give you the details. I'm going to ask Tony about his very first post, how he got started, what he started writing, and what that whole period in, the, in six months looked like that led him to where he is today. You're going to want to stick around. There's going to be an awful lot of things for you to write on something because you're going to want to take notes. I'm Kelly Riggs. This is BizLocker Radio. We'll be right back after the break. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Kelly Riggs is an author, a highly acclaimed speaker, and a business performance coach for companies and executives across the country. Now in his eighth year as founder and president of VMAX Performance Group, Kelly has written two books, One-on-One Management, What Every Great Manager Knows That You Don't, and Quit Whining and Start Selling, a step-by-step guide to a Hall of Fame career in sales. Both are available on Amazon.com. Is it time to put Kelly to work for you? For more information on training or consulting in sales, leadership development, or strategic planning, visit VMAXPG.com. That's VMAXPG.com. Hi, this is Kelly Riggs, the host of BizLocker Radio. How do you take a company from zero to $100 million in sales revenue in only seven years? Learn how in the brand new book by Mark Roberge, The Sales Acceleration Formula. As the chief revenue officer for HubSpot, Mark Roberge hired, trained, and managed a sales team to create over 12,000 new clients in 70 countries. Now in his brand new book, The Sales Acceleration Formula, he shares the art and science of building predictable sales revenue from the ground up. Learn how this MIT-trained engineer put data and technology at the foundation of his sales methodology to grow from zero to $100 million in sales in only seven years. The Sales Acceleration Formula will teach you how to predictably hire and train salespeople and scale your sales revenue. Pre-order the Sales Acceleration Formula by Mark Roberge at Amazon.com today. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. This is Dan Walshman, and you're listening to the Business Locker Room Show with Kelly Riggs. 
Hey, welcome back to Biz Locker Radio. Great to have you on board. And as promised, we're going to drive right into the middle of all the details of social selling, strategic social selling framework. Tony Hughes is going to tell us more about that. Hey, when you first got started, so you're saying about seven months ago, that would have been, uh, I suspect, November, December of last year. Tell me about that very first blog post. What, what was the first thing you wrote about, and why did you decide that was the place to start? Well, Kelly, I think, I think the thing that everybody does is they tend to look at social and feel overwhelmed. Um, so I, I suffered from two problems. I, I really thought, well, do, do I really have that much worthwhile to, to go and say, and, and who would be interested? I had a fairly negative view of social, and then the other piece of it was, you know, I, I just felt like I didn't have the time because writing is time-consuming. Even though I'm an author, um, you know, I put out good content, but I'm not particularly fast. Now, having said all of that, it'll, it'll stagger you to, to know that in just seven months, I've put out 215 uh, blog posts in LinkedIn. Uh, at one stage, I was doing up to three a day uh, to, to really create the momentum, and all of the content's unique. Um, that I've really written from scratch. Now, I did grab some stuff and repurpose it from some white papers I've written and, and from my book, um, but I, I decided to go and be where, where my market was. The big, big, brave decision I made was to stop blogging on my website and go to where my market is in LinkedIn. Now, the, the, the book I read and the book I'd recommend for everybody listening to the show is if you want to develop a social media strategy, you need to get this book, and it's called the New Rules of Marketing and PR, and it's written by David Meerman Scott. It is a phenomenal book. Now, um, in David's book, he does not recommend my strategy. My strategy was to leave my website and blog in LinkedIn because that's where, where my market is. Um, but everything else in the book I actually went with. So I used Twitter to amplify. Writing that first post was, you know, wasn't a really great post. It wasn't really that long. Um, but I really got started, and the first thing is just get started and, and start to write content. It's, it's like a muscle. If you exercise the muscle, it'll get stronger, and you'll become better. Well, you mentioned you didn't have very many followers at that point, certainly not 8,500 like you do now. Uh, did, did people, did, did the, the content just drive people to start following you, and, and then the frequency gave them something to come back to over and over? Is, is that sort of the, uh, the idea? Yeah, the, the, the thing I find in social is there's a lot of people that are doing what's called curating content. So they're, they're taking other people's content and just retweeting it or they're, they're pasting it into a link, for example, in their LinkedIn update panel. Um, so they're just being content curators and there's also a lot of other people that write, but they can't really go deep. You know, what, one, of, one of the advantages I've got is I've got three decades of in-the-trenches, real-world experience as a salesperson, as a sales manager, uh, and, and as a leader of, 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 of companies. So I've just got an amazing array of war stories. And when I first started, I thought, gee, I'm going to write about 12 blog posts, and then I'm going to be done. I'm, I'm going to run out of things to write about. But the thing I found is the more I wrote, the, the more things that came to mind. Just a few days ago, I was visiting with a client here in Sydney in Australia, um, they're engaging me to do a whole lot of, sa- uh, of sales training for their teams. And when I said to them, you know, what, what do you think are the biggest problems that, that your people are facing in, in delivering results? And the answer came back that most of the sales team think uh, that they need training on how to close. And then we had a conversation about that because my view is that the closing is almost never the problem. 
um, if an inability to close is really symptomatic of, of something else, of actually deeper issues. And the thing I talked to them about was that my experience is that if they're not closing well, it's because they're failing to build trust and rapport with the person, they're failing to establish value, and they're failing to understand the buyer's timing and priorities, and in bigger deals, their, their process internally, in line with that RSVP concept. And I said, it's really those three things. And what I did is, when I got to my home office that night, I wrote a post about that conversation. So because I'm very much in the real world with clients and coaching on big deals, almost every day of my life, I'll come up with something to write about. And here's the thing in life. We see what we're looking for. If we know that we've got to write a blog post this week, everything we do that week will have eyes open to, is there something happening that I could write about? And once you're looking for it, you find the things. And writing from real world experience is definitely the thing to do. Well, I think anyone's ideal in terms of social, Tony, is to be able to write 30, 40, 50 blog posts and have people come storming out of the woodwork to do business with them. I suspect there's a little bit more to it than that. I mean, clearly the content has to be something that hits your clients where they live. And and I suspect uh, further that, that your content was exactly like that. Yes, and, and initially I just really started down the path on, on creating great high quality content and that really spoke for itself. But, but content on its own isn't enough. You've got to find a way to connect with people and build an audience as well. Um, and, and one of the sins of social selling is to connect and sell. It's a giant mistake. We need to connect with people and then engage, provide some value for them in the relationship send them links to things that we think will be of interest for them, pr- provide great insights and content rather than push and sell to people. We know that the, one of the ways that selling is changing is that the world is moving away from, from interrupting people and pushing at them to, to really intercepting them in, in, in what they're doing in relevant communities and engaging with them well. Um, so, so I wrote the content, but then the other things that, that I really thought about, and again, David Meerman Scott's book is excellent, is I really started to think about how do I go and build connections with people who are influencers? How do I follow people and then engage in a way that their followers will start to follow me also? So I really focused on building a good quality network. In the same way you would in the physical world, I really took that whole philosophy online. Well, that, that's sort of the, the root of your framework, RSVP, is you, you're really concentrating on the relationships and applying that particular content to those relationships. Tell me a little bit about the social listening side. That's the first of your five pillars, publishing, research, engagement, and collaboration. Tell me about the social listening side. How does that apply to the everyday salesperson? Yes, yeah, so, the, so the number one problem that, that I see that salespeople have out, out there in the marketplace is not an inability to close. It's an inability to build quality pipeline. So in my view, salespeople need to take ownership and responsibility for creating pipeline. And the best way to do that is to become aware of the concept of trigger events. Um, Tibor Shanto and Craig Elias are good friends of mine out of Canada. They wrote a book called Shift, which is about trigger events. Mm-hmm. And the basic concept is that um, everybody who buys something will, will start to go and do research and evaluate based on some kind of a trigger event that's happened in the organization. So if, if you listen for trigger events, um, then what that does is it gives you an early sign that there's a potential opportunity. So um, for, for, for example, in my world, if, uh, if I was wanting to go and sell sales training for organizations, 
A trigger event would be a new VP of sales that starts in an organization. Usually a new VP of sales has been hired to really shake things up and, and, and change the environment. Um, and and they'll, they'll want a new approach, typically. Um, approaching someone who's been in the role for, for nine years and is very comfortable, it's unlikely that they'll want change. All change represents to them is a whole lot of work and risk. So, so the thing with social listening is to listen for trigger events and you want to listen for unhappy customers of your competition. For your own organization, you want to listen for your own customers complaining because you should create a ticket uh, in your own CRM system so you can go and engage with that customer and tell them you care. It's really interesting that 67% of the time that customers leave us, they leave not because of a product problem or a quality problem or delivery or reliability or service, they leave because they just don't think you care uh, enough for them to stay. So we should listen for our own unhappy customers as well and make sure we save them. Um, and there's really good tools out there that we can use. So, you know, I, I use TweetDeck. So um, I use TweetDeck, which is a, a tool for Twitter, and, and you, 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 you can tune it to listen for things in the marketplace. There's simple things like Google Alerts, Meltwater News, even, even in LinkedIn. Um, you know, if you, we're not going to talk about social research today, but when you start to, to really follow the people inside organizations you're targeting and, and see their updates and when things are changing, you know, that's, that's often a trigger event. So um, Hootsuite's another one, and even simple things like RSS feeds. It's a case of listening for signs that there could be an opportunity and then go and engage with relevance with the person. Well, this this is uh, no shock to, to people who are listening who are very good at what they do, but clearly what you're describing is is not really easy, Tony. There's a there's an awful lot of work that goes into uh, creating the sort of content you're talking about, doing the kind of research that you're talking about, creating a, a strategic selling approach. If you've got a brand new salesperson and uh, you're the manager, what are you going to do first? How are you going to get that new person started and get them on the right track? The first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to get them using LinkedIn properly. Um, pe- people need to move away from LinkedIn being their online CV to in- instead of that, it needs to be, in essence, an online brochure about them. So it needs to talk about the value that they offer clients and the markets they serve and also the values by which they operate so that when people look at them, they really want to take that meeting. So. That's a really simple thing to do, and, and even if you're not on, on those paid editions of LinkedIn like Sales Navigator, even on the free editions, you, you can start to really do things to, to do your research about organizations that you're targeting. So this is obviously in the B2B world. So um, you know, I would work with a salesperson and say, okay, so we've got a geo-vertical approach to how we segment territories for salespeople. Let's look at the target organizations that, that you know, you're going to be pursuing um, start to use LinkedIn and build a profile and start to do social research, start to work at how you can engage with people uh, in a way that evidences your credibility and value. Um, and, and here's the really interesting thing. So, um, LinkedIn have done so, some incredible research themselves and what they found is that salespeople who use LinkedIn well, li- LinkedIn has a thing called the social selling index. It's a very difficult thing to get hold of. I managed to get hold of, of mine because... I know senior execs at LinkedIn and they provided it to me, but um, what LinkedIn discovered is the top salespeople, the ones that blow their numbers away and achieve target, are the ones that use use social really well, especially LinkedIn. So if they've got a high SSI score, a social selling index score, 
they're the ones that make their numbers. So if a salesperson wants to increase the likelihood of achieving quota by 50, not 15, but 50%, use LinkedIn really well. Well, that's great advice. He's Tony Hughes. You can find him online, rsvpselling.com. If you're not following him on LinkedIn, I suggest you get there immediately and do so. He has 200 plus posts that you can read to catch up, and it's going to be like uh, it's going to be like a master's education in social selling. Follow him online on Twitter at rsvpselling. Tony, absolutely can't thank you enough. I know we'll have you on again. You've got books coming out. I'm going to want to help you with those as well. Thank you so much for taking your time to be a part of the Business Locker Room. Thanks, Kelly. All the best. Great to have you. All right, we're going to take our final time out. We'll come back on the other side, and uh, my good friend Miles Austin uh, will join us. Hopefully his voice has recovered enough that we can talk about Boom Bar. And you're going to want to stick around. Boom Bar is some kind of cool, and it is something that is really going to change the game. Uh, And I don't say that lightly. Stay with us. I'm Kelly Riggs. This is Biz Locker Radio. It's brought to you by the Business Locker Room right here on Voice America. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. Kelly Riggs is an author, a highly acclaimed speaker, and a business performance coach for companies and executives across the country. Now in his eighth year as founder and president of VMAX Performance Group, Kelly has written two books, One-on-One Management, What Every Great Manager Knows That You Don't, and Quit Whining and Start Selling, a step-by-step guide to a Hall of Fame career in sales. Both are available on Amazon.com. Is it time to put Kelly to work for you? For more information on training or consulting in sales, leadership development, or strategic planning, visit VMAXPG.com. That's VMAXPG.com. Hi, this is Kelly Riggs, the host of BizLocker Radio. How do you take a company from zero to $100 million in sales revenue in only seven years? Learn how in the brand new book by Mark Roberge, The Sales Acceleration Formula. As the chief revenue officer for HubSpot, Mark Roberge hired, trained, and managed a sales team to create over 12,000 new clients in 70 countries. Now in his brand new book, The Sales Acceleration Formula, he shares the art and science of building predictable sales revenue from the ground up. Learn how this MIT-trained engineer put data and technology at the foundation of his sales methodology to grow from zero to $100 million in sales in only seven years. The Sales Acceleration Formula will teach you how to predictably hire and train salespeople and scale your sales revenue. Pre-order the Sales Acceleration Formula by Mark Roberge at Amazon.com today. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Hi, I'm John Spence, one of the top 100 business thought leaders in the world, and you're listening to the Business Locker Room with Kelly Riggs. Hey, by the way, speaking of John Spence, who brings us back in our final segment, he'll be on the show next week. And, man, you want to talk about incredible. Uh, I probably have as much or more respect for John Spence than anybody I've ever interacted with. Uh, there's no one who's more widely read, more intelligent, more strategic in his thinking than John Smith or John Smith, John Spence. And he has written a spectacular book called Awesomely Simple. And we'll talk to him on BizLocker Radio next week. Miles Austin is my guest. And he joins me for the X's and O's segment. Miles, how are we feeling today? 
I am feeling great and sounding terrible. Yeah, man, I tell you, you just can't get around it, can you? Well, we're going to just act like it's no big deal. You've got a great tool for us to talk about, and I've been saying great things about it. So, man, you're, you, the bar is high for you to impress us, but it's Boom Bar. Tell us about Boom Bar. I like it. The bar is high. I like it. Boom <laughs> Bar. Boombar.co is the uh, website. You can go check it out. But, you know, the, the real core is this, um, Kelly, when, when I watch and, you know, listening to what Tony was just talking about, social media in general is designed as a sharing platform. I think we'd all agree with that. Yep. Um, you know, it's, it's one of those things that we all work hard and a lot of the pundits say you should be sharing about 80% of what you tweet or post on and Facebook or whatever, about 80% of that should be other people's information, other people's posts, other people's podcasts, etc. And about 20% for you, okay? Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, pretty much an accepted good mix for most people. <clears throat> what always made me smile was I thought, you know what? 80% of my tweets are other people's stuff. I wish that there's a way that I could capture the interest of those, quote, 80% others to send them back to me if they liked what they just read that I just shared them, okay. right? Mm-hmm. So what Boom Bar does, it gives you an ability to share anyone's website, any URL you choose. And let's just use Forbes, let's say, or um, let's use ABC News as an example. Okay. <clears throat> ABC News posts a very interesting article about something that I think my followers would be interested in. Maybe it's a new tool, maybe it's some new trend in social media or in business, or maybe it's one of my friends who had the opportunity, maybe Kelly, you're being invited to share a segment or to write a post for ABC News on business, okay? Mm -hmm. I can now take that URL for ABC News bring it into Boom Bar, add it in, create a link or a message that I want those that have followed that link to see. So now when they click on that link in my social sharing platform of choice, on the top of that ABC News screen is a message that might say, if you'd like to learn more about this topic, click here. And when they do that, it brings them back to any URL I choose. It could come back to my blog. It could come back to a website. It could come back to a YouTube channel, whatever I choose. So in another example, I could say, if you'd like to stay current on tools like those mentioned in this article, give me your email address. They put in their email address, and they're now signed up to receive my newsletter. So they, so they actually enter their email address right there on the ABC News site, or does it go to a landing page oh, that does that? It's, it's right there on the site. We, we have two ways to do it. We have what we call call-to-action bars and subscription bars. So you pick, and a lot of times, for me anyway, as I've been using this now for about a month, it depends on what kind of link, what kind of post, and very frankly, which site I'm sending them to. And, you know, if CNN has some late breaking news, I can put a tweet out with the link to that information and put the bright white bar on top of CNN with red letters. So it looks like it's all the same site that said, you know, learn more, click here or learn more, subscribe here. 
you type in your email address, it sends them to my website or it adds them to my email list. And I segment my list in a way that they then get a special message that says, hey, thanks for following me. Um, I know you were interested in that article on CNN. Here's a little bit more of my thinking on that topic. Wow. <laughs> so <laughs> this, this just kills me. So, I mean, pardon my cynicism here. It's almost like you're hijacking someone else's post, but you're doing them a favor too because you're directing traffic there. But at the same time, you're saying, hey, you're going to love this, but want to know more about it or want to stay current on other pieces of it, come and join me as well, right? Am I getting that right? Uh, you're absolutely right, except for the fact, Kelly, and I think a lot of people early on, the first question is, is this legal? Second yeah. one is, wow, I do feel kind of strange. The beauty of this is, look, it's social media. I'm sharing information that my followers, I think, will enjoy and get value from. If, if I'm accurate in that assumption and they like this information about um, something that you just wrote on ABC News, Kelly, if, if I was accurate and I think, yes, it was helpful, then what I have to add to that conversation should add even more value. So it's a double dip of goodness for the followers. And what's really powerful is, uh, by the way, if someone just goes to the ABC News site, they're not going to see my little bar at the top. But if I share a tweet, let's say, with that special boom bar link, and you see that tweet of mine, and you share that same link, they're going to see my message on the top of that screen as well. Wow, so you get, they're getting a custom URL. Only when they click on that, it's going to show your bar at the top. You know, to me, it's not any different than someone owns a business down at the end of a street, and I happen to put up three or four billboards on the way that talk about my company. Uh, it's, it's become digital billboards in a lot of ways. It is, and yet I would tell you, when you see these from me, and if you go to boombar.co, you'll see a little video with a, you know, a dozen examples. They're very subtle. They're, I believe you should design them in one of two ways. To blend in, to look exactly like the colors and the format of the host site, or to be just the opposite, to be big, bold, red background, big white letters, but it's still a very small strip along the top. So right. it in no way detracts from that host site. Well, that's fantastic stuff. I mean, uh, it, it, folks, you, you got to go check it out. Now, this is a product that you're going to pay for. Not much, I might add, not much, but you are going to pay for it. Uh, but, but the implications are dramatic. It's, it's about creating, uh, as I mentioned, sort of a set of billboards that can go anywhere on any highway that you want. So when you're sharing your content, 80% of it, according to Miles, is probably other people's content. Curation, as Tony Hughes referred to it, uh, you're still going to get some attention if you do this right. Boom bar. Dot .co tell us a little bit about the pricing miles you've got two options and and we're getting a lot of feedback since we released this about 2 weeks ago uh, we've had a lot of feedback on this and we might end up eliminating one of the two but right now we have two um, ways to get the product you can go do it as a yearly subscription it's 150 bucks a year and every year you'll renew and we are offering and we really did this as a test a lifetime license for $200 um, and I would tell you that we're still offering both. Uh, we're getting a lot of feedback. Most people are just buying a lifetime license. What's very frequently happening is people said, well, I'll save 50 bucks, go in and use it for a year. And then they're sending an email or request into the support desk going, hey, can I just upgrade this to lifetime, spend the 50 bucks more? And we're thinking, well, it's kind of a 
kludgy way to go do it. We've been able to accomplish that for the people that have asked. But we thought, okay, if people really just want the lifetime license, maybe we eliminate it. But for right now, you still have two options on boombar.co. Oh, that's outstanding stuff. Well, so much appreciated. Miles, I know you're braving uh, the, the challenges with your uh, throat and with your voice and so far, but th- so forth. This is such a fantastic tool. And I, I don't know how often people go and check things out that we talk about. I get the sense from the responses that it's on a pretty regular basis. This is one that is very much worth you checking out. Boombar.co. Share the web's best content from anywhere to anyone and then guide those viewers back to your content and your website, your call to action at no cost whatsoever. This tool makes it very, very easy. And for 150 bucks, uh, that's that's pretty spectacular. Miles, thanks very much for joining me. You bet, Kelly. It's the X's and O's segment with Miles Austin as we do every week. Hey, that's going to do it for today's show. And special thanks to my good friend Tony Hughes on the other side of the world. It's in the morning in Australia. Loved having him on board. Tony Hughes, follow him on LinkedIn. You're going to want to follow Miles, by the way. Fillthefunnel.com, at Miles Austin on Twitter. Next week, John Spence will join us. And uh, we'll talk about his book, Awesomely Simple, and how to be a better salesperson and a better business person. Special thanks to Michael Sergit, my engineer. Brandy Jackson is our executive producer. Please go find us on bizlockerroom.com. I'm really hoping you're going to go find the podcast as well, either on our website or on iTunes uh, online. I'm Kelly Riggs. I'm going to see you next week in the Business Locker Room. This is Biz Locker Radio on Voice America. Thanks for joining the Business Locker Room with your host, Kelly Riggs. Kelly will be back again next week for more business-building content and conversation for your playbook. Tune in Mondays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel for another edition of The Business Locker Room. Remember, business is a competition. Play to win. Play to win.